Hey, welcome back to Youth Ministry with Tyshawn Rowland. This is episode four, and today we're talking about youth conferences. And so to anyone out there that's planning a youth or young adult conference, or maybe you're a senior pastor and you snuck up on this little podcast and you're going to plan a conference, I pray it helps you too. And so before we get started, I want to recommend a book. It's called The Remnant by Pastor Larry Stockstill. I think we should all be resourcing ourselves with things like this, like resources of ideas and maybe book and recommendations. And we can strengthen our ministry by ideas. But I really learned this, and I think we all can agree, if we take a step back, the ministries that are strengthened by integrity are ministries that we should emulate. And Pastor Larry Stockstill has been a man that's been in ministry for many, many years. And as he gets older, his name is just getting bigger, and he continues to walk into integrity. And he gives some practical steps on how a young man or a young lady can just walk in integrity. And I just think in the day and age we're living in, you should get good ideas, but you also should walk in integrity. So get this book, The Remnant, by Pastor Larry Stockstill. And then on top of that, on the subject of the Stockstills, Jonathan Stockstill is probably one of the best worship leaders to ever do it. No one's asked me about this, but literally he's one of the best just thinking about youth ministry you pull jonathan stock still out of youth ministry you don't got youth ministry i don't know what you got but you ain't going crazy you ain't opening up the sky man go somewhere i don't know where that came from anyway you need to get this book and so i'm so excited for today's episode i want to talk about youth conferences i love youth conferences if i think about a lot of the moments i had with god You know what? They probably happened at a youth conference. Sure, it happened at a camp. Sure, it happened at a church event on a normal Sunday. But a lot of them happened at a youth conference. I remember the first one that I went to, it was life-changing. I think I was around 11 years old, 11 or 12 years old. It was called the Door Youth Conference. Now, I went to one of those churches that when they touch you on your forehead, you know what you're doing. You better fall. And if you don't fall, you got a demon and there's something wrong with you. So you better fall. (laughs) You better just... There you go. In the name of Jesus, you know how we do it. And I remember it was the last day of the door conference and there was this like literal, literal door frame and every kid that walked through just fell under the power of God. It was just boom, boom. The bodies were everywhere. It was like a Pentecostal dream. I'm telling you. And I remember that moment because that was the moment that I was like, you know what? This may be weird but I feel good about it. There's something about this whole little experience that I can't deny. I feel better. I went home lighter. I felt peace. And you know what? I was looking forward to falling again. And somebody, whether they were going to push me or not, I was going to fall. But I just remember, even as a kid, like struggling with purity and bringing in a preacher to preach on purity. And while they were talking about porn, while they were talking about issues of the body, talking about living a a scandalous lifestyle, being in the front row or being in the back of the church and saying, you know what, I don't wanna live like that. And walking up to the altar and having a moment with God. I remember feeling called to the ministry and I would try to sneak into some breakout sessions to hear them talking to leaders. I had no business being in the room at 16 years old, but I just wanted to sneak in just to see what they were telling those leaders because I wanted to be one of those leaders one day. And so as a youth conference, I could see the student sessions and I could see the leadership sessions and sessions. And there were so many experiences that I look back on that I cherish so much. And so every time I get up to preach at a youth conference, even this week, I'm gonna be in a youth, I'm gonna be in Phoenix, Arizona on Saturday, preaching at a youth conference. As I get up and preach, I'm so privileged because though I walk in a new anointing as an evangelist, I still see the 17-year-old in me, you know, when I'm looking at to these kids. And I just always count it a joy and a privilege to preach at youth conferences. And since we're here, if you're ever looking for a speaker, I'm a, it's my podcast. So 
you can get this online or you can get this in person, all right? So if you want to, you can go to TyshawnRoland.com. That's how you advertise yourself, people. And as I preach at youth conferences, I always think, man, it's really cool to be on the other side of this. And as I've grown up, I've gotten an opportunity to be a part of a lot of youth conferences, whether I was preaching or even leading. Um, you know, a few years ago, I was on staff at Free Chapel, and one of their annual youth conferences is Fort Youth Conference. And they bring in over 13,000 students. And I remember being a part of the team. And in fact, even this year, um, we had a great chance to partner with Ford and we're going to be a part of it, just helping and pushing it forward. And I encourage anyone out there to come to Ford. It's going to be a great conference. It's going to bless your ministry. It's going to bless your students. It's going to inspire your faith. You will leave Ford trying to move forward in your ministry. You saw what I did there. It's easy. It's easy, people. But I remember working on staff at Free Chapel, working with Forward Conference. And then I remember when I was on Celebration Church staff and we started Future Conference. And I've been a part of youth conferences that are over 10,000. I've been a part of youth conferences that are like three to 500. So I know what it's like to lead a youth conference. And I know what it's like to go to a youth conference. And being a student, and then being on staff and now being an evangelist, I realize this, it's hard putting together a youth conference. I think a lot of people think it's easy. It's just, oh, let me get two good guest speakers. I'm gonna do some things. We're gonna come together. Everyone's gonna register. It's gonna be easy. Anyone can do it. And then if you lead like that, you know exactly that that's probably one of the worst ways to lead a youth conference. And so what I wanna do is offer about 12 things that I think everyone should do that's planning a youth conference. And I think if you do these things, I genuinely believe that your youth conference will be amazing, okay? Number one, plan ahead. Plan ahead. There are so many great things that you can do with your conference if you're intentional with your preparation. If you plan your youth conference if you start planning it 12 months out, a year out, I'm telling you, oh, that's gonna be a good conference. When you start deciding who you're gonna invite, get those speakers locked in, pick the theme, make sure you have everything that you need ahead of time, start advertising it. You're already thinking about the breakout sessions. You're already thinking about what's gonna happen when they get there. You're already thinking about the first time conference experience and what those people are gonna be getting. You're already thinking about everything and you have 12 months to get what you picture on paper and making sure that the conference that you have on your heart is actually going to happen. And if you wait nine months, you can still do it, but you may be rushing a little bit. If you do nine months, I've seen a lot of people, I do think you can take a good youth conference takes about nine to 12 months to happen. I think nine months you're pushing it because you still got to confirm speakers. You still got to confirm the breakout sessions. You still got to confirm uh, the budget. You, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff you still have to confirm. If you do it in six months, you're gonna have to get who you can get. It may be, it may be a storm. You may not know what to do. You may be rushing against the clock. Now, if you are crazy, and believe me, I've done this, can you plan a youth conference in three months? Yeah, you can. Should you? No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't at all because now you're racing against the clock and you're more concerned with the conference getting done than the students experiencing God at the conference that you're presenting. And so I really do think that the best thing that you can do is plan ahead. And so if you have a youth conference in September, you need to start talking to your team about it. You need to start talking to your staff about it. You need to start reaching out to the speakers. You need to just start coming up with a budget. There's a lot of things that you can do if you plan ahead. If you do not plan ahead. You're going to be rushing the whole time. And no youth conference that you rushed 
Four is going to be fun when you're doing it because because you rushed for it, you're going to be rushing through it. And by the time you're done, you're going to be like, what did I just do? And you didn't even enjoy it a lot. And so I really want to encourage every youth pastor, let's let's kill the youth pastor narrative that we plan everything last minute. Can we be different? Can our generation of youth pastors be different? Can we plan our youth conferences ahead? Can we lock our speakers in early? Can we lock the theme in early? Can we present it to the staff early? Can we start planning right now? No, it's October. I'll get around to it in May. No, you can't do it in May because during May, the youth ministry goes on summer vacation and you go on summer vacation. And then you're going to come back in August and then the students are going to start going to school and then you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I got to get this youth conference done, but I got this first series that they're coming back to and now it's September and before you know it, oh my gosh, the youth conference next week. By the way, did we get a speaker? Who are we getting? You get, Hopefully we can get our senior pastor preach our senior pastors on a sabbatical why didn't no one tell me this he's not even going to be here we're gonna have to shut this whole thing down because you decided that you didn't want to plan early i know it's february and the conference is in october but you need to start planning it right now because you are already in conference mode my friend conference mode is right now conference mode does not start 24 hours before the conference it starts 12 months before the conference so i want to encourage every youth pastor right now if you're over a youth conference start planning ahead number two establish a budget we don't like that word in youth ministry. Budget is like a cuss word. It's like a punishment word. Punishment word. We don't we don't like it at all. We want the youth ministry conference of our dreams. And so uh, what happens to a lot of people is that they don't plan and because they don't plan, they're just living in their head and they have this dream of a conference, but they don't know how much it costs. So maybe you're watching this and you're like, man, I clicked this link because I really want to do a really cool youth conference and I think I'm going to get about 500 kids and you know what, I want to do it for free and we're going to try to get this speaker and we're going to get that speaker and actually there's probably two guest speakers I want to get and we'll do it for free and we'll have 500 students and it's going to be the bomb. Well, who's going to pay for those speakers? Who's going to pay for the food? Who's going to pay for the merch? Who's going to pay for the band? Who's going to pay for all that? If you do it free, can you, can you, here's a better question. Can you afford to do it free? A lot of times we don't think about all these things before the conference happens. We're just thinking, we're closing our eyes, thinking about that great altar moment, but we forget that altar moment actually costs some money and you have to budget accordingly. As you're sitting down, ask yourself. I remember when I was planning one of our youth conferences and I was going to invite um, a lot of different friends and a lot of people that I knew in youth ministry. And I think we had a total of six speakers. And I was like, OK, we're going to have six speakers, including mu musical guests. And within those six speakers, I realized that none of them traveled alone. So six tickets went to 12 tickets. And then I realized, man, I can't they can't sleep outside. I, I, I thought they should, you know, it's like at the end of the day, like Jesus didn't have a hotel, you know, <laughs> one of those guys. But I'm like, now they got to stay in a hotel. <sighs> oh, Lord, I got to feed them, too. And now I got to feed them. And that's just the speakers. How, how much is that going to cost? Oh, gosh, that's going to cost thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars just for that. And we're not even thinking about what we want to honor them with. Okay, we're gonna, we want to have merch. Who's going to buy the merch that the students are going to purchase? Because you're going to need that money first before you make that money later. So where does that money come from? 
Is your senior pastor just going to give you that money? Does it come out of your youth ministry budget? Are you going to request that money? Do you have anybody that's actually sowing into the youth ministry at that level that you can do this for free? Here's another question. If you're going to feed the students, where is that money going to come from? Because though we want the students to be fed, who's going to pay for all these little snack packs or pay for Chick-fil-A or pay for a catering service to come in? All these things cost money. So you have to sit down and this is why you plan ahead because when you can plan ahead, you could budget. And when you budget and you do things early, a plane ticket that you buy in February is way cheaper than a plane ticket you buy in August. And believe me, that money changes things. When you plan ahead, you can really sit down and say, okay, for the youth ministry conference, for the young adult conference that I have in my heart, it's going to cost this much money. I want to give it away for free. Maybe one year we can give it away for free, but you know what? It seems like this youth conference is going to cost probably twenty dollars to $25,000. Ooh, that's a lot of money. Well, it's not a lot of money if you get get 50, if you get 500 kids to pay $50, if you get 500 kids to pay $50, that is $25,000. Hey, are you enjoying this podcast? I really enjoyed recording it. I, I want to also make you aware of a resource that I have just for youth pastors or youth leaders that are teaching or preaching to young people. It is a course called How to Preach with to Gen Z. I took about four or five hours just to put it together for you. And if you want it, go ahead. The link is in my description. It's also in my link tree. And I pray it blesses you or maybe someone that you know. Now get back to listening to that phenomenal podcast. And hey, that's an anointed man of God, ain't he? And now you have $25,000 to okay, we're gonna purchase games, we're gonna do this with the food, we're gonna purchase this merch, we're gonna get these plane tickets taken care of, we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do here, now we can budget, now we can plan accordingly. And this is why you wanna budget, because once you budget, usually the things you're planning on will really happen. If you don't budget, the thing you're picturing won't happen, and then what actually happens, you're gonna be so mad at yourself because you never budgeted accordingly, and now you're frustrated with the conference that you have is not the conference that you had in your heart. But this all can be fixed if you just budget. So number one, you got to plan ahead. And number two, you're going to have to budget. You're going to, ha going to have to figure out how much do these things cost. If you don't have that answer, call somebody. Don't just sit in your office and try to figure it out on yourself. Call a youth pastor. Call a leader. Reach out to someone. Say, hey, I love your youth conference. Can you send me how much that costs? Can you send me a breakdown? Because I'm planning a youth conference and I just want to know in my mind what I should be planning for because I don't want to start something if I don't have really a picture of what it's going to end up being like. So can you help me out? So for any youth pastors out there, if you need help, you can reach out to me and I would love to help you and get you connected to someone that can show you exactly how to do a youth conference. Number three, partnerships. Partnerships. Partnerships are so important if you're planning a conference. I'll tell you why. Because if you partner with other churches, now to get to that 500 number is a lot easier. Now, I appreciate traveling and preaching places, but I was telling this to my wife before we recorded this. I said, there has been a season, there was one month where I went to the same city three times, back to back to back, every week. I'm going to this place again. I'm going to this place again. I'm going to this place again. They all were doing youth conferences. And I thought it was cool. One had like 150, another person had about 400, another person had about 300. But I thought this to myself, what would have happened if all three of them just came together? They probably would have hit a bigger number, probably over a thousand if they just came together. If you come together with other youth ministries, that budget gets bigger. And now with a bigger budget, 
Now you can figure some things out. You come together with the local uh, church that has a big venue. Now you're not paying money for a venue because it's being housed at their church. And now you're saving money in different ways because you're partnering. If you're a youth pastor and you have another person that you know that's within maybe a five to 10 mile radius and they're building a like-minded ministry, take them out to coffee and ask them, hey, would you like to partner together? I know we'll figure out who's going to preach. We'll figure out who's going to lead. We'll figure out how much this has cost. But how about you talk to your church? We're going to talk to our church. Maybe our church can put up some money. Your church can put up some money. Plus, we can have the kids register. And now we have a big budget. And let's see what God can do to this city if you just partner. Another thing you can partner with is vendors. You can call someone and says that that has a book or maybe, you know, someone that would love to advertise something. You know, I remember when I was planning our youth conference, I reached out to somebody and they said, hey, we would love to come advertise. And all we would ask is for this amount of space. And we would love to put our stuff in your lobby for and they were going to give us a certain amount of money. And I remember that certain amount of money took care of merch. And it was just so helpful. So you can reach out to a vendor. You can reach out to someone that does things like compassion or like-minded, things like that. I think we've all seen that at conference. A lot of those times are people saying, hey, I want to be a part of what you're doing. The thing that I'm doing, I believe is connected to the thing that you're doing. And we can partner together. And what does that do? That's going to help the budget. You're going to hear me say this word a lot. And it's not because it's all about money, but it does cost money to do the, do these things. So I want to encourage you, partner with the local youth ministry, partner with the vendor. Another thing you can partner with is a nonprofit. You can go find out where are the kids at, who's having a good impact with the youth through a nonprofit. And you can say, hey, I have this youth ministry. We would love for you to bring your kids to this youth ministry. We had that happening when I was here in Jacksonville. I remember there was a guy that was a part of a ministry that was a nonprofit, and he was so encouraged with what the church was doing. He said, can I bring our kids to your guys' event? Absolutely, you can bring your kids to my event. What if you go reach out to the top 10 non um top 10 nonprofits that are in your city and see if they would like to bring their children to your youth conference. You may get 150 people from a nonprofit just to start. You never know. So I want to encourage you, partner with other people. You don't have to do it alone. Maybe you partner with a youth conference and you guys do it together. Maybe you partner with a greater conference. You say, you know what, in this season, we can't produce a youth conference, so we'll just go to a youth conference. And for some people, I remember for Ford, Ford was a youth conference for the youth ministry of Free Chapel, but it was also a youth conference for other people in the city because that was the conference that they said, you know what, we're going to partner with them by registering. We're going to partner with them by bringing our student to this event because this is good for the city. This is good for the body. So instead of competing against one another, how about we come together and we partner? And once you see what God can do when the community comes together, I'll tell you, you'll start inviting other people to do it and you'll start inviting other people to take over your city. So number one, plan ahead. Number two, establish a budget. Number three, partnerships. Number four, present it to the executive team. Okay. So now you've planned it. Now you're picturing it. Now you're coming up with what you think the budget would be. You've talked to a few people to see who would want to be involved with it. You've done your due diligence of, of, of studying the land. You got a lay of the land. You, you are, you are well-versed with how much this is going to cost, who's going to be a part of it, what it's going to look like. And now you have your great idea. You know what you need to do now? You need to present it to the executive staff. There's three things you want from the executive staff. You want their eyes on it. This is how you cross your T's and dot your I's. You want their eyes on it. You want them to see that you have this crazy game that you're gonna blend up a whole bunch of stuff and you're gonna feed it to children. You want them to see it. 
So if that kid does throw up, you'd be like, hey, I, to- I told you about this. This was not a surprise. I got your eyes on it. You want their eyes. Number two, you want their approval. You don't want to just say you want to invite a preacher. You actually want to have that preacher invited by talking to the executive pastor. And the executive pastor says, you know what? Green light, invite them. You want their approval because when you get their approval, now you can make decisions. Now you can take some steps. So you get their eyes, you get their approval. And then most of all, if you do those two things, you know what you got? You got their blessing. And it is better to present a great initiative in the church with the blessing of the executive team instead of being a a headache to the executive team. You don't want to be a headache to the top line. In fact, what you want to show the top line that though this is costing a lot of money for the church, I want to show you that our youth ministry can be a good steward of the church's finances. We can be a good steward of the church's resources. And we're going to do our best over the next two to three and a half days to present our church with an incredible opportunity for students to come, parents that are believing that our church should produce something. We're going to produce something that's going to be a blessing to those students. So you want to show that to the executive staff. When you get their blessings, you know what you'll get next year? A little bit more approval, a little bit more budget. And before you know it, you'll be able to afford to bring in like the best of the best, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Bring him in. I've been trying to invite him since I was a child. He doesn't respond to my emails. Number five, after you present it to the executive staff, you want to present it to everyone else on staff. Now, this is why you want to do this. You want to get the staff's help. You don't want to put this youth conference on with your core team. I know you really believe in that 23-year-old that works in the coffee shop for 13 hours a week and you believe there's anointing on their life, but I also believe that there's someone on staff that's probably really good at administration and you should honor them. You should honor the gift on their life and inviting them to be a part of the thing that God has told you to produce for the church. I think that we should invite the staff into the youth ministry just as much as we invite guest speakers into the youth ministry. I think we should walk over to the people in the church that are doing so well on staff and say, hey, would you like to be a part of this? Would you like to sow into the next generation? I would love your help on VIPs. I would love your help for check-in. I would love your help with the merch. I would love your help planning and executing XYZ. And with the partnership of the staff, usually what you'll have is the most important things are already taken care of by people that already understand it. Instead of bringing them to somebody two weeks before to learn it and then expecting them to do it on the most important day of the year, the youth conference, how about you bring in the person that actually trains everybody to do it and say, hey, since this is what you do, I would love for you maybe to get your team to come and serve. Maybe you can allow your team that serves in the youth ministry, that serves in other capacity of the church to also come and be a part of this youth conference. Let's not make it just a youth initiative. Let's make this a church and a staff initiative. And when you get the staff that's buy-in, I'm telling you, the youth conference is going to run smooth. When you have to trust a staff member, it's way easier. You don't want to be trusting a 17-year-old. Believe me, you don't. You don't want to be trusting them with it. So invite your staff. Honor your staff. Walk up to them. Ask to speak in the staff meeting. Like, hey, I just want you guys to know we have the youth conference coming up. And if anybody wants to be a part of it, I would love for your involvement. I would love for you to come by my office or I'll come by your office. You know what? Present it to the staff as an opportunity. And when the staff feels like you are honoring them, Man, the staff will honor you during the most important event of the year, which is your youth conference. And we want that. You want, if you're a youth pastor, you don't want to have enemies on the staff, okay? Because you're going to need the staff and the staff's going to need you. So the best person to work with should be the youth pastor. Okay, number six, advertise. You have to rep your conference. You have to do it. 
you're gonna have to be the loudest person about your youth conference. It is so bizarre to me that people are believing for God to work wonders at their youth conference and they only posted about it a week before it started. I think if you really want that thing to be amazing, you gotta talk about it all the time. You ever see somebody um, when their book is coming out and you just know, I know where this is going. For the next two and a half months, it's going to be a whole lot of that book. I'm going to see that book on every angle. I'm going to see that book on every post. I'm going to see that book in every TikTok. Why? Because they're advertising their book. They know that if they don't talk about it, who else is going to talk about it? You can't put your most prized possession into somebody else's hand. You're going to have to be the one to talk about it every day. And you know what? Those people that are advertising their book, they don't care. They don't care that they're posting the same thing. They, have, they don't care, why? Because they wanna move the message forward. If you have a youth conference, you need to be the loudest one about it. You need to feel annoying. You need to make almost every conversation about it. Hey, I woke up this morning, I was reading this scripture and we're gonna break it down at my youth conference register. You're just gonna have to figure out how to do it. You're gonna have to bring it up and mention it. You're gonna have to be annoying. I love being a part of a movement. I love being a part of Ford Conference, register for Ford Conference. I don't care that I keep mentioning it. I don't I don't care that I'm annoying. I think it's one of the best move of God that's happening in our nation. I think that if people come to that conference, they're going to be blessed. I think if youth pastors come, they're going to be strengthened. Why would I not be annoying about it? Thank you so much for watching part one on how to plan a youth conference. Because there was so much content, we decided to split this up. So part two is going to be dropped next week. So before you go, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment, and I'll see you next week.